0: The power of praying in the spirit, the power of spiritual things, which those of us who are entrusted with carrying that light, we can't let that be lost. You know, we can't let that be lost. That's part of that light that we're entrusted with carrying the message of reconciliation. Well, you know, it's not scary because we don't have a spirit of fear, but it's scary for the church. When you look at it and realize that spiritual things could easily be gone, and we could be trying to be New Testament uh, Christians, but worshiping in the flesh, and you know if we're not careful, it's kind of what we've been doing, and that's why we don't see the things that are produced by the kingdom of God because they're spiritual things. Even God, you know, the Lord is spirit, and God is spirit. You know, so you're not going to get there by doing fleshly works. In terms of the things of the kingdom of heaven it's not going to work beat, beat your head against that door all you want to and, and jesus said the father's worshiping are seeking those who will worship in spirit and therefore in truth because the truth is in the old testament we were worshiping in the flesh and it wasn't what he wanted and jesus you know that's clear that and so jesus said here i am here's a body to sacrifice so we can get to spiritual things so we can move. And God was allowing that. Don't get me wrong. He was allowing the sacrifice, but it wasn't what He wanted. He was put in a position because Adam failed, because of sin, because of Satan, the enemy. And He loved us enough to to allow Himself to be put in that position. But ultimately, He wanted people to worship in spirit. And we were spiritually dead. So, you know, isn't it interesting? God loved us so much. He took what He could get for a time, and then He made a way that we could get back to spiritual things. Amen. not that awesome? So we just tapped into that for five minutes. And, you know, level eight, nine, I don't know, pain just... Because, you know, and we're arguing about it in our head, but the truth is, follow me on this, pain is infirmity too. Pain is born from infirmity. You know, if if the pain you're experiencing is born from sickness then it's a part of the fall. Therefore, the pain has to go too, not just the sickness. And I say that because Satan will he will try to tempt you on that point. When you're really down and you're really hurting, you've really been sick, he'll, he will literally propose to you, yeah, the sickness is going to be healed, but you have to endure the pain. No, you don't. Because Jesus bore the pain also, folks. He he bore excruciating pain on our behalf, just like He did death, just like He did all the illnesses and brokenness. Amen? Do you agree? And so you have to push back and say, no, it's not true. I don't buy that. I'm not going to perish for lack of knowledge. No, I'm going to tell you what I believe. I believe it's all. Jesus bore it all. Therefore, pain be gone. Pain be gone. You're under my feet. I'm not listening to you. You're listening to me. Greater is He who's in me, I've been told by the Father Himself, greater is He who's in me than everything that's in the world, everything caused by the fall. Amen? Isn't that true? So kick back and say, no, I don't receive that. I'm not receiving that. I don't receive that. In Jesus' name, be gone. Be gone in Jesus' name. Be gone in Jesus' name. Will you persevere? Until it's gone, will you persevere? That's what you're going to be faced with. Nobody's going to be there to help you. You have the Word. Amen? It's so true. It's so true. And if you're not tenacious, if you won't take it by force, you won't get it. Will you forcefully take what belongs to you? I I will tell you, Satan doesn't want to yield to you at all. He wants to crush you, (laughs) you know. Will you rise up and stand and take what's been given? There was a man one time that wrestled. He wrestled all night for his rights. And when day was breaking, he held on, even with a broken hip or a touched hip, a hurt hip, he held on He said, I won't release you until you bless me. That was symbolic of the kingdom of God, symbolic of God himself. But he said, I won't release you till you bless me. I think we need to see that as the 2022 20, church. We have to press in for what's ours. You know you have to you have to be willing to go to battle for what's yours. Amen. On some level. So if it doesn't come easily, don't quit. Grab a hold and fight. Just a suggestion, but have you have an example in scripture? You have more than one, but that just happens to be one, you know, of holding on. Amen. You want to get a door open that won't seem to open? What's your what's your example in scripture? If, somebody, if you need bread because somebody's come to your house and you go to your friend, you knock on the door, but it's late and they're already in bed, he's going to say, hey, I'm not coming to the door, right? That door is not going to open by your first little light knocking. But what did it say? Even though he's your friend, he won't open the door because he's already in bed and his children are asleep. But it says, if you keep knocking and keep knocking, he's going to get up and come open that door, right? That's what it says. You want a door open? Keep knocking. If it won't originally open, don't stop. Somebody may be struggling with that. Well, hey, there's not a somebody to that. Everybody on some level is struggling with a door that needs to open in the spiritual realm, right? No matter what it is, something that's been promised you just didn't easily push open when you walked up to it, right? So are you still going or do you say, well, you know, it must not be for me? Jacob fought for his, and he got it. By the way, he wasn't legal in it. And I want to remind you, his name wasn't changed until he fought. It didn't become Israel until he fought. It was still supplanter, one who takes from someone else, tries to take from someone else, right? And he fought for what was his and held on and said, until you bless me, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in. I'm going to fight until you bless me. You know what the blessing was, don't you? The name change. Right? That name became the name that's synonymous with children of God or God's children, Israel. Isn't that great? Amen. Okay. So if you'll join me, let's talk about uh, spiritual. That's weird, isn't it? Spiritual couple of ground rules we need to lay out immediately. When we say spiritual, uh, if you were to go to 1 Corinthians 12 and you want to read about the spiritual gifts, I mean the true ones, not the ones that we get sometimes from the little things you can fill out. Those are not really spiritual gifts a lot of times. The spiritual gifts are are really listed in 1 Corinthians 12. I think it starts at verse 8 or somewhere along in there. But anyway... There are nine of them listed there, okay? And the key to it, and I want to remind you, because I ran into this this week, and I'll give you the example just really quickly, not to hurt anybody's feelings, but I was just reminded that their spiritual gift was service. And that's not a spiritual gift. It's a talent. Some people are better at hospitality than others. They are just born and built to serve others, and they do it so gracefully. They're so good at it. And I'm not saying they're not. I'm not saying that's not valid. But what I'm saying is it doesn't take the Holy Spirit to do that. There are people that aren't even believers that are great at those things. Does that make sense? So it's not a Holy Spirit-given gift if somebody who's not even born again can be wonderful at it. It's just a natural gift, a natural talent. And you can't confuse those two because you really get off track. And that's what the problem is sometimes in the fellowship of Jesus Christ, is that we're still, we're still focusing on fleshly things, thinking that it's worship in spirit, right? And so there's no value in it, not to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm talking about in terms of worship. There's no value in the old ways because Jesus said the Father seeks those who worship in spirit. These are the people the Father seeks. Do you want to be sought by the Father? Then you must relinquish the idea of worshiping in the natural, the things you can do without the help of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't mean we don't serve. We're called to serve. doesn't mean that. Amen? doesn't mean that at all. But if you can do it when you're not a believer, it doesn't require the Holy Spirit and vice versa. The gifts of the Spirit can only be performed by or with the help of the Holy Spirit. We know what spiritual gifts are because they can only be performed with the help of the Holy Spirit. Make sense? All right, so that's important for those who would worship in spirit and in truth. Their worship, in a lot of ways, can only be done with the aid of the Holy Spirit. Wow, amen now if it would be interesting if you looked at this, if you looked at the spiritual gifts, you would see that seven of them were all available in the Old Testament. Now I'm not going to get into them today. we really don't have time, but if you if you think about word of wisdom word of knowledge for for instance, prophets work by those day in and day out. That was their bread and butter, that and prophecy, right? Gift of prophecy, gift of word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and that's how they were known. So guess what? Those are not unique to the New Testament, even though they're spiritual gifts lifted in the New Testament. They're not unique. Guess what? Miracles aren't either. Elijah calling down fire was happening in the Old Testament. So even miracles operated in the Old Testament. The gift of supernatural faith. Let me tell you, Noah was operating in it when he heard a word from God And it took him, I don't know, close to years and years, I'm going to say, to build that ark, and it took supernatural faith. No natural man had the faith to stay at that for that many years. That was something supplied, okay? But that was in the Old Testament. The only things given that weren't in the Old Testament, the two out of the nine, seven being in the Old, were tongues and interpretation of tongues, So why wouldn't we see that as something really important? When we have a Savior telling us, the Father looks for those who would worship in spirit and in truth, and that's a delineating line from the old to the new, then if we looked at spiritual, because really in the translation it doesn't say spiritual gifts, it just says the idea is manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If we really said it like that, it'd make sense, wouldn't it? Because nobody would mistake service probably, probably, as a manifestation of the Holy Spirit when somebody's not even born again can have that same manifestation. They might not, amen? They could. But let's look at it the way it really is. It has to be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit to be a spiritual gift. Amen? Now that changes everything because nobody's given a true word of wisdom no christian person unless it's through the holy spirit now they may be accessing some other spirit where is it first john 4 says for many spirits have gone forth test all the words that you get for many spirits have gone forth into the world what does that mean that means the demonic spirits exist and they talk That means the fallen angels, the powers and principalities, they talk in the Spirit, and you can hear it in your head. Amen? So we have to test. We have to follow. That's why actually a lot of things written out for us here as a guide so we don't get fooled by those things. Amen? Does that make sense? And it says that they can even appear perhaps as an angel, but if they deliver any gospel other than the gospel that's given, we know immediately this is false even though they look like an angel of God, it's false, right? Which means what? It could happen. (laughs) Right? That's not written just to take up space. It's written because the expectation is it can happen to a person or people's. Amen? Jim Jones, maybe. 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 I don't know, but I'm just saying if those of you remember that, You got a message from somebody somewhere, right? And a lot of people followed it, and they followed it to their death. But just a casual glance at it shows you it's not the true gospel that was preached beginning with the apostles and on down. Amen? So think about this with me, because the idea really gets narrow in Jude. Would you go to Jude with me, please? It's a reminder. And I want to mention something to you if I can. I guess now is the time to do it. There's so much rattling around. There's so much we need to touch on, and I don't know how specific to be. And you know, it's funny. It depends on, on getting here because I don't know who's going to be here. And the people that are here dictate how in detail we need to go. Sometimes Does that makes sense. All right. So, everything's changing right now. <laughs> if I can say it like that. But I want you to consider something. If you're a Christian, and I believe you are, if you're here or, or you're going to be before you leave, amen? That's my prayer. The Bible says if you're not committing a sin unto death, I can ask God for you. So right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask God that you be saved. If you're not, you'd be born again, brought into the kingdom of God. Amen? And you will. You will. This is what it says. So I'm thankful for that. Whether I know about it or not, it may happen later. But, um, you know, uh, if we could, let's save questions for the end because I'm kind of in a, a rhythm right now. Is that all right? Okay. So, um, you're a spiritual person. You believe that? That's what new birth is, right? Amen. It's It's not that your body's born a second time. Can we all agree on that? Nobody goes back in their mother's womb is what we were told in John, right? Instead, our spirit is born for the second time. It was born when we were born, and it was alive. And it was alive until the law came, and we knew what God's will was, and we did the opposite. And then each of us, just as Adam and Eve did, died spiritually. So we can't really argue with Adam. His nature is in us, but we all do it just as he did. Amen? Each of us. But when we choose Jesus Christ, our spirit is regenerated. That doesn't necessarily mean anything happens to our body. You can't tell the difference sometimes. Not in the color of the eyes or anything like that. Amen? Make sense? All right. So if you're a spiritual person, what blocks you from being able to access the spiritual realm? I don't know if you've considered this. But the main thing that blocks your access to the spiritual realm is your flesh, it's your body. And, and, and Jesus kind of said this. He said, you know, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. He was saying that my spirit really wants to do this, and I know it's the right thing to do, but the flesh is blocking me. The flesh wants to preserve itself, and all the fleshly urges are about the body, right? And really, there's nothing good in a fallen body, so to follow it is certain death, amen? Does that make sense? You can't let it lead, because if it does, it has no idea where it's going, and it's not going to God, right? Amen? So you need to be able to access spiritual things. You're a spiritual being. You're born again of God's Spirit, but something blocks us from being able to hear God. Let me give you the first example. There are things that actually help you get past that. One of the number one things is fasting. Fasting lowers the body so that it, I want you to know a lot of people believe that fasting causes God to speak to you. It's not true. God's always speaking. Fasting causes you to be able to lower the flesh, beat the flesh down so you can hear God. That's what it's about. When you fast, you're actually what Paul called buffeting your body. In other words, disciplining it, not letting it be number one, putting it in its place, saying, I don't care about you. I'm going to seek spiritual things. Right? I'm going to seek the other more than you. Amen. And that's what allows the flesh to be put down. So you can begin to rise up in your spirit and access the realm of the spirit. So fasting is very important. There are, people do it a lot of ways. And I guess we should say, too, that we have to understand that the spiritual realm is not just filled with good angels and the Lord. It's also where the fallen angels are, where their access is, right? So just as a good prophet is accessing the Holy Spirit from the spirit realm and the kingdom of God, From the spirit realm, a false prophet is accessing a lying spirit. That exists. I mean, obviously, if you read the Bible, you realize it has to be true. Lying spirits went about talking to prophets and getting them in trouble all the time. In the Old Testament, so what in the world would the warfare be like today now that Satan has been kicked out of access to heaven and he's come down to us? And the Bible says in Revelation, woe to the people of the earth. The war is here now. Amen. So, but we still have to access the spirit. You know, that's what people do when they take uh, LSD, for instance. They're going on a. You ever heard of it? They're going on a trip. Well, they're not crazy. They're leaving their body and going out into the spirit realm. And that's where they see the pink elephant with all the dots, right? Or maybe they see a person that gives them insight. You know? And I don't want to start any kind of you know conspiracy theories or anything, but where do you think Nikolai Tesla got all his information from? You think he was just one man was that much smarter than everybody else? He said in his writings that he was getting it in dreams and in visions. You don't have to be real smart to figure that one out. <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm putting this stuff out here to spur you to think. There's so much more going on than what we're seeing here. There's so many important things that are happening in this millisecond than that piece of dust floating across right there, right? There's a reality that my natural eyes can't see, and yet it is the reality. It's the reality, and it's going on in real time right now. Amen? It really is. And you're a citizen of it, even though you can't see it. If you're born again, you're a citizen of the Spirit, right? Amen? So part of that spirit realm is against you and part of it is for you. The good news is greater is he who's in you than he who's in the rest of the world. And, you know, I say that with a caveat. That's true if you believe it and you act on it, just like anything else. You know? Kale, you cook with kale? Sometimes. I never do. But kale's good for you. It is. How many of you believe it? If you act on it. If you leave it in that bowl, it's great for people, but not for you. And that's pretty much how the Word of God is, by the way. And we tend to, like, apply it to ourselves without eating it from the bowl, right? Amen? You ever notice that? Everybody's doing that on some level. Oh, God is good, right? But they're not eating out of that bowl. They're just talking. On some level, that's where most of us are on something, right? So I'm not trying to incriminate anybody, but we ought to get past it. We ought to, I guess, face it and get past it. Amen. So if you will, in Jude, look at verse 4, and there's only one chapter, so you don't have to worry about what chapter, right? It's funny, though. The computer will still make you put in Jude 1, 4. It won't accept Jude 4, even though there's only four. It's like, you don't understand there's only one chapter? But anyway, that's for another day. What's the second and third word there in verse 4? Second and third word. Not the first word, but the second and third. Certain yeah. Certain men or certain individuals. I want you to pay close attention because these people, they're among the church. Certain men. And he said certain men. Obviously, it's probably certain people, but right? For certain men have crept in unnoticed. They've crept into your fellowship, to the body of Christ, among the believers, unnoticed. Okay? So, I want you to let unnoticed color your concept of this, the word unnoticed, because the general translation or understanding of how this passage goes would require noticing. And the one thing that you've been told now is there are certain men they've crept in and they are unnoticed, is who he's writing to, okay? And it's interesting, he says, "...who were long ago marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ." They deny God. Now, how many people would you think have crept into the fellowship that are openly denying God. I don't think the church would fall for that. I think if people literally walked in here and said, I don't believe in Jesus, they'd be pretty obvious. So I don't think that's what it means. Even though that's the way most people interpret it, that would still be spotted pretty easily in most fellowships. You agree? Now, I mean, obviously everything has layers. So let's look at it and break it down. But um, They came in among the believers. They are not godly. They're not godly. They're in the church, but they're not godly. They've crept in unawares, but they're not godly. So something's happening that these Christians were not able to to figure them out. Amen? That makes sense? And um, if you look now at verse 8, we don't want to go through the whole thing, but likewise... These dreamers, your your Bible say dreamers? Yeah, I find that interesting. Every now and then you'll run across a Christian, good people, a believer. Let's call them believers. Every now and then you'll run across a believer and you may have a discussion with them and you're having this discussion. You say, well, what do you think about this? I mean, this is what the Bible says. Why don't you uh, practice this? You know, why do you guys not practice this? Well, you know, I think that what that means is that's a dreamer. See, the job for a Christian is to cast down imaginations, dreams, you see? Because what we do, we don't dream. We don't say, well, you know, I kind of take that as, that's a dreamer. What Christians do is read it and take it as that. And they cast down the imaginations of the person who says, well, I know it says this, but that's not really what I see. No, it simply says this. Why don't you do this? Why don't you believe this? Why don't you go to a fellowship where they do believe this? Well, you know, I I just kind of... Okay. But you're being a dreamer. A dreamer is someone who has their own interpretation of everything God does. But God doesn't honor my interpretation. He honors His. But I want to tell you, those people are in the church, buddy. They have crept in unaware. And even many of the pastors do those same things. Well, you know, you have this faction in your church that's not believing. Why don't you discipline? Well, you know, they're good people. Their mom and dad gave to this and, you know, they've just been around. Their family's been around forever. Yeah, just keep going. You're dreaming. Keep imagining those things, right? Casting down imaginations and every false thing that vaunts itself against the truth of God is what Christians are supposed to do. Paul said, That's who we are. And he was talking about he and his fellows, you know, but still, that trickles down to everybody. Amen, doesn't it? Hey, yeah. Um, so these people are in, in among us now. Amen. And most Christians allow it. And you think that's love. Well, I'm allowing them to do that because I don't want to call them out because it'll hurt their feelings. You know, love hurts your children's feelings. When you give them that little spanking or you take away something that's important, it hurts their feelings, but it may save their life. So the greater love is to save their life, not to let them fail, right? Everywhere Jesus went, sometimes he was confrontational, right? Because the truth confronts What's false? You can't help it. You just can't help it. Now, it's up to them how they take it. Wise man takes rebuke, right? They accept correction. A foolish man doesn't. Can't do anything with that. Except just teach that the Bible says that. Hopefully they figure it out, right? Amen. So, if we can, we're we're thinking about these uh, certain men that have crept in in verse 8. Likewise, also these dreamers, these certain men that are dreamers, right... You with me? They defile the flesh, they reject authority, and they speak evil of, some translations say dignities, some say dignitaries. You with me? All right. Um, that's three things that they do, basically. Um, and so we were given We were given in verse 7. Now I skipped verse 7 on purpose to go back to it. We were given an example of how these people operate in verse 7. You with me? Sodom and Gomorrah. You remember it? You remember it? Good thing none of you were there. (laughs) Amen? Yeah. Actually, it might have been a good thing if ten of us were there. (laughs) Might could have saved their city. (laughs) Right? But Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities around them in a similar manner, and this is in verse 7, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh... um, Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. They're set forth as an example. They're set forth as an example. Now, they're set forth as an example, and the example in Sodom and Gomorrah of the sin that was, uh, de- you know, the reason it was destroyed was what? Was what? You don't know? What happened? All right, somebody said it. Yeah, sexual immorality. Right. Right but I don't want you to think that the example is carried over in the same way. In the, in the example of Sodom and Gomorrah, it was homosexuality, right? Okay. So the example, though, doesn't transfer in the same sin, perhaps. The example transfers. Does that makes sense? So we're not necessarily talking about people in the church that commit the same sins. By the way, sexual immorality is a lot of things. So, we kind of got to all look and make sure we're not in that. Amen. So, but giving them over sexual immorality and going after strange flesh, they're set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay. And then it says, likewise, so in the same way these certain men or these dreamers have crept in and they do these three things, right? What do they do they defile the flesh reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries now defile the flesh you automatically think because of the example given that it's something to do with sexual immorality you automatically think that but well, that's not necessarily true not necessarily true right and you so let's look at it and try to figure this out they defile the flesh reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries hmm Defile the flesh. What do you think about that? What does that make sense? Um, Anybody? I'm, I'm actually... I couldn't hear you, I'm sorry. Yeah. To defile the flesh simply means to walk in a way that's not godly. That's all it means. And to try to convince others to do that too. That's what it means. Now, it could be sexual immorality. It doesn't have to be. But if you look at what's given, it's probably going a different way. Defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. When the Christian world, who are dignitaries? Maybe a speaker that comes to speak to us. And somebody in the church is in the back, back there speaking, you know, I don't know about that guy. I've heard things, da, 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 speaking evil. And what, what does that do? That undercuts their testimony. Right. And when they preach the word of God, it makes you perhaps doubt the vessel that it's coming through, right? Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and perhaps maybe one of the elders in the church or a pastor or someone, wherever, wherever this is, disciplines them and says, you can't be doing that. And they reject that authority. They reject that authority. They don't want any part of it because, hey, I make up my own, you know, and, and we just we just talked about that a while ago. They're dreamers, right? So they make up their own rules. Well, I don't really take it as as the pastor's the head of the church. I mean, I, for me, it kind of means, yeah, but it says this. See, they're dreamers. You see what I mean? You run into people. Do you run into people like this that, are, that say they're Christians everywhere you go? they snuck in. They've crept in. They have crept in. And most Christians are sitting right beside them, allowing them. It could be. Yeah. As a matter of fact, since you brought that up, this whole thing is against anointing. It's against spirit. It's against spirit. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Um, Look at, if you will, uh, verse 9 is an example again Uh, Michael, the archangel, contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, he dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, he didn't say, I think you're a sorry person. Uh, He didn't start telling what he thought about Satan. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. In other words, he didn't dream what he thought about Satan. All he said was, the Lord says you're evil. The Lord rebuke you. He followed the word to a T and followed authority to a T. Amen? Does that make sense? So, verse 10 says, But these people, these certain men, these dreamers, speak evil of whatever they don't understand. How many of us perfectly understand the Spirit? I'm not raising my hand. These people are the people in the churches that speak evil of spiritual things. That man got up and told that person, Said it was a word of knowledge. I don't anymore believe that. Ooh, better be careful. That person over there said they were praying in tongues. I, that's of the devil. Ain't nobody doing that anymore. That went away years ago. Be careful. That lady in the back said she interpreted that, that message in tongues. I think that's a bunch of hullabaloo, hogwash. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be a part of it. Careful now. Spiritual things. They said they witnessed a miracle. I don't anymore believe that. That was something else. It wasn't a miracle. Careful. Watch out. People have snuck in that are against spiritual things, folks. They're being led by people that are against spiritual things. They talk bad about spiritual things, and yet the Lord Jesus Christ said, The Father's looking for those that'll be spiritual. He's looking for those that'll worship in spirit. He's given gifts that require spiritual. Amen. Can you hear me? This is the church in the New Testament. And when we hear people speaking against it, we have to be careful. Do you remember what people said to Jesus? They said, "You you cast out devils by the devil. Remember what his response was? because they were doing the same thing these people are doing, by the way. You know what he said? Be careful. If you blaspheme the Spirit, that's the one thing that's never forgiven. Don't blaspheme the spiritual work of God and call it of Satan. Be careful. Now, I'm not here to warn you about that. What I'm reminding you of is that spiritual things are so important. It's the lifeblood of the New Testament church. And yet, most of the time, if we're not careful, we're still worshiping under Old Testament ways. You know? Our testimony a minute ago was a testimony to what spiritual things can do. Does that make sense? Somebody's in tremendous pain. Within five minutes, praying in the Spirit makes it go away. Not coupled with an aspirin. Not coupled with an oxycodone tablet. Coupled with the power of God through His kingdom spiritually. Amen. Does that make sense? Okay. Well, I don't know. It must have just been a coincidence. If you believe that, keep it to yourself. Don't start saying it to everybody and trying to turn everybody against what's spiritual. You can get in trouble like that. Speaking evil of dignitaries, the people that come and teach you those things, rejecting the authority of people, or even just the group of the body of Christ. The church has authority over its members, you know? The Bible says if somebody's treating you badly, go to them. If they don't listen, it says take some more people that are believers with you. And it says if they won't listen to that, bring them in front of the whole body of Christ. Why? Because the body of Christ has authority to police its people, or those that are supposedly its people on behalf of Jesus, so there's a good testimony that goes forth. Makes sense? Yeah. All right. So let's keep going. It, it gives you some examples down there, you know, and, and we should probably just quickly talk about them. Um, but first, look at verse 10. These certain men speak evil of whatever they don't know. Well, we don't know spiritual things, so they find themselves speaking out against spiritual things. You see, that's what they do they speak out against the anointing they don't understand the anointing it doesn't make sense naturally and they are so natural that's the only way they can see things first corinthians 12 tells you that they that natural man can't understand the things of god for they are spiritually discerned it says right so these people can't understand spiritual things. It doesn't make sense to them. Yet, instead of having faith, which is what's required in the kingdom of God, they speak out against it and want to continue to worship in natural or fleshly ways. The problem with that is we know our Lord has told us that's not where we're headed. We're headed towards spiritual things more and more and more. Amen? So what happens? You find a church... And perhaps they and their leader won't won't move progressively towards the spiritual thing. God just goes around them and leaves them. Their buildings are in Augusta, shut down, they're for sale. A lot of them are for sale. A lot of them, just a few people keep them going. Right? But it's not spiritual. And we need to we need to audit ourselves and make sure we always are, wouldn't you say? All right, so here's 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 the three things that. Uh, by the way, it says they speak evil of whatever they don't know and whatever they know naturally, like brute beasts. In these things, they corrupt themselves. It doesn't. What it means is that's where they stay, and they stay there so much they become corrupted by the nature. The way they worship becomes corrupted. The way they pray can become corrupted. That makes sense? Woe to them for they've gone the way of Cain. It literally says woe to somebody who won't become spiritual. Woe to them for they've gone in the way of Cain. Well, what's interesting about Cain? What did he do? Well, he killed his brother who was anointed. His brother was anointed, graced, if you like that word better. You know, he, he, he was given favor, right? And Cain didn't receive that same favor, so he got jealous and killed, killed the one with the favor. And so what is the example here? These people are, have crept into the church, and they see the people that are blessed, and what do they do? They speak against it. They try to try to get rid of those people, move them out of positions of leadership. There's a man sitting in this room that was moved out of position of leadership at a Christian-type place because of the anointing, because the people around him were natural. Saw it happen. The natural men, it didn't make sense to them. It all sounded like, like a fool's errand, which it does. That's why it requires faith, right? Because in the natural, you can't understand it. And like a brute beast, if you're not careful, you'll continue in the way of the natural. Or you can decide to use faith and follow what God says and not be a dreamer, right? Dreaming that your way is God's way. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Are we okay? Are we blessed? Yes. Amen. The Word is blessing us. Amen. Amen. Okay, so they corrupt themselves. Now, woe to them. The way of Cain is, you know, kind of interesting. He killed the anointed one, right? So what about Balaam? It says they've also gone the way of Balaam. Well, Balaam, you know what he did, right? He prophesied for money. Yeah, the problem is he was a preacher that preached whatever the people wanted to hear so he could get paid. So he knew there was a God. Yeah, a lot of these preachers do. But whatever the denomination is willing to tell them to preach, they want to get that check. So they just kind of skew it over just to what, hey, this is what we preach over here, right? Even though I know it may not be true, I know there's other things that ought to go with it. But hey, I like getting paid, so I'm just going to kind of cruise right here. I'm not going to get into spiritual spiritual stuff because our people, they don't want that. All they want to hear is this. Watch out, Balaam. Hmm probably been around church, probably known some people, maybe some preachers that way, willing to sacrifice truth or the full truth to get paid. I hate to call them out, but, you know, hey, it's the Word doing it. It's not me. I'm just reading it, right? And then it goes and says, they perished in the rebellion of Korah. If you don't remember Korah, he tried to offer incense and be a priest guy. His line, the line he was from, was not a priestly line, right? In other words, he wasn't chosen for that job. But in his mind, hey, anybody can do this stuff, right? He was jealous of the anointed. The sad thing is, he was in the house of God. He didn't have to do that. He was just as blessed as anybody else. He just wanted their job. And that's really interesting. Think about it. He wanted the priest's job, but he had every ability because he was in Israel to be just as blessed, maybe even more blessed than the priest because he could go out in the market every day and trade and do, right? Amen? He had every ability to be blessed, but he wanted that job. Makes sense? The problem though, remember now, these people aren't spiritual. We're going to get into it right here. I need to turn the page. You might need to, too, if you're taking notes. I don't know. Who are we talking about? Certain men, right? Certain men who have crept in. You still with me? Okay. It says they turn the grace of God into lewdness. That's what it said in verse 4. just want to talk on that, just touch on that. They turn the grace of God. It actually means to transfer one thing for another, to turn. That word means to transfer one thing for another. Turn it into lewdness. So you think that means something... uh, sexually oriented or whatever, but the truth is, lewdness means, um, well, W.A. Vines, I think it is, he he, he said that it means an insolent disregard for decency. In other words, you don't care about the order of things, and you're insolent in it. You're willing to just be brash about it and just run through the whole thing, and you could care less what what trouble you cause, right? So, that's lewdness. And so what it says, you're willing to transfer the grace of God for unruliness. And remember what we said, they speak evil of dignitaries, they reject authority, and they defile their flesh by doing it. They defile the flesh by doing it, right? Okay, so you're beginning to see perhaps what happens. Now, I want to tell you that... uh, it's just interesting as a side note that Jude quotes the Apocrypha here. <laughs> and if you don't know, he quotes the book of Enoch here, which is not included in the Bible, but apparently was taught as truth, obviously, among the apostles. You know? Amen? Um, so I just thought I'd say that if you see that. It talks about uh, verse 14, Now Enoch the seven from Adam prophesied. And it goes to say, um, to execute judgment on all who convict the ungodly. By the way, that's written in the book of Enoch. It's not written in Genesis. Just so you know. Just interesting side note, okay? All right, so what it says is he's, he's, Enoch is saying that God's going to come and, and judge these for their ungodly deeds, verse 15, which they committed in an ungodly way. And of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, 16, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lust, and they mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. How do you gain advantage in the kingdom of God? Just follow God. Do what He tells you to do. Anybody who's into flattery in the church, that's Satan speaking. God doesn't flatter. He doesn't flatter. You're not going to find that. You're not going to find that. Does that make sense to you? Somebody's telling you something you know not to be true, but it sounds great, and it's flattery. Love them, but I mean, it's it's not of God, right? Now and then you need to determine why they're doing it. What's their angle? Is it to get some kind of approval from you to get you on their side? If it's to get you on your side on their side, it's actually witchcraft. Because it's trying to move you from a place and bring you somewhere. We're not really authorized to do that with other spirits, other people. God is, but we're really not. As a matter of fact, we're not really even authorized to bring people. We can give a compelling argument but they move themselves into the kingdom of God by choice, amen? By making a choice. That's just interesting. But it says, There are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. They mouth great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage. But you, beloved, you're different. Verse 17, But you remember the words that were spoken before by the apostles of the Lord. And I don't want you to take that to mean all the apostles are done, but these are the apostles of the Lamb, okay? You with me? How they told you there would be mockers in this last time. Gotta be careful there. Mockers, we tend to think of mockers as making fun of people, but the Greek word actually means imitators. And remember, if you line up it all with Scripture, if they've crept in, then they are imitating. Believers. They're among believers, and they've crept in unaware. So they're not mocking you to your face. That would make them obvious. Instead, they are imitating being believers, imitating being prophets or whatever it may be. Amen? You with me? So you understand how it lines up, right? Amen. Okay, so there would be imitators in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. Now, again, we tend to think of lust in a sexual way, but honestly, guys, lust is whatever you yearn for in the flesh that is not the direction of God. And there are many things that we yearn for that may not be the direction God has for us. And these people especially... They are not spiritual and should be. But they don't want to change and become spiritual. They want to continue to dream that dream and believe their way works. That makes sense? And not only that, apparently, they can begin to change the people around them. So he says, But you, beloved, remember those words. There'll be mockers and they'll go after their ungodly lusts. And then he, he actually describes them to us in verse 19. These are sensual persons. It means fleshly. They follow the flesh. Who Jesus tell us to follow? The Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But they follow the things of the flesh. Right? You need some help or can you imagine this? That there are denominations who basically go through rote readings and repetitions you with me every sunday or every saturday or whatever day it is right and they do these things and things make the flesh feel good you with me if you stand up and you recite something a creed maybe not against that but if that's what your worship is that's not spiritual anybody can do that come on Anybody off the street that wants to creep in can do all of those things, do them better than you. But I promise you, they can't do anything by the Holy Spirit unless they have the Spirit. That's how the church is differentiated. That's why the Lord doesn't look kindly on the people that are trying to move the church back into fleshly acts, fleshly works, that they're worshiping, because it can't work that way. That's being part of the world. The world can do those same things. Amen. And does. So they're fleshly. And it says they're sensual or fleshly persons, verse 19, who cause divisions. Cause divisions. I don't believe in all that spiritual hocus-pocus. I'm not going to a church that does. I don't believe in all that worship and those crazy people raising their hands and all that stuff. Be careful. Judge ye not another man's servant, for God is able to make him stand. Didn't it say that somewhere. I have so many Christians that kind of miss that part. Fortunately, we have a lot of leaders in churches that have missed that part. You know, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful. Not saying that anybody's perfect, but these things need to remain on our mind. Amen. They cause divisions. And why do they cause divisions, folks? It tells you right there, the next two words or next three words, not having spirit, not having the spirit. They cause divisions not having the spirit. They're just not spiritual. And what it does is break up the body of Christ. Does that make sense? You think the body of Christ is broken up? Sometimes, but it won't be. Verse 20, again, Jude, but you, beloved, you know, he already said it a minute ago, he's saying again, but you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Now, some people say, yeah, but praying in the Holy Spirit just means praying in your mind, thoughts in your mind. Well, no, obviously not because praying in the Spirit requires the Spirit. They didn't have the Spirit in the Old Testament, and obviously they could pray to God in their mind. (laughs) They could think good thoughts to God in their mind. Do you believe this? Obviously they could, right? Just like you can now. So what's the difference? Praying in the Spirit is when the Holy Spirit prays through you. It's praying in tongues. Praying in tongues is praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, this is what's interesting about this, because we were talking about that the flesh is blocked from the Spirit, and there are ways, okay? Here, here's some of the ways we talked about it. Fasting will help you get into the Spirit. Guess what else, all right? We said LSD and things like that. What's that stuff they it, they drink in the mountains? People go up in the mountains, and they stay in a house, and these people cook up this root-type drink. Sorry? No, it's not moonshine. Moonshine, yeah, is definitely alcohol, which is another way, by the way. Alcohol is another way that you can lower your flesh and, and kind of step out into a different realm. You with me? That's why people like it. So, sorry? Yeah. Something like that. They have a different they have a different name for it in, in, in Appalachia. Hiawaska, Yeah. And they actually leave, they say they leave their body and they actually have to have somebody take care of them for a couple of days. This trip is so Unbelievable, they go and stay in houses and these people take care of them while they do it, right? Well, what are they doing? They're accessing a different, like the spiritual realm, right? I know I know, it sounds crazy to people that don't study these things, but these things are going on around you. And these people are meeting people in another realm. They're getting information in another realm. You see, it exists. The Bible proves that if you just read the Bible. But the fact is, it's alive right next to you. Perhaps it's your neighbor's house. And if you're not aware of it, you certainly can't protect you and your family from those spiritual things, right? From those attacks. So think about it. There are other ways as well. Rhythmic music. Yeah, rhythmic music. Any type of rituals, ritualistic things, people do that and they go into the spirit. They get in a, what you call a trance, maybe, where they are. You ever heard of these things? These things, yeah. Meditation. And what do they do? All of them are focused on ridding you of the encumbrance of your flesh. When you are praying to God, I want you to know, your, your trick knee is, is, is hurting and it's affecting your ability to hear in the Spirit. Do you realize that? When you're sitting here praying and you hear that truck go by and he hits that loud break and it goes... Burr. You know what I'm talking about, right? And all of a sudden, you, you're not there. You're, you're thinking about that truck, right? And so the flesh is waiting you down. Jesus waited till night and prayed long and hard because His flesh was trying to block Him, even though His flesh was pure. The flesh does not belong there. It don't want you going there. The flesh is going to get left behind, folks. When you're resurrected, you're not going to be in flesh. You're going to have a spirit body. You know? So it is trying to block you. And so even the people that access the fallen spirits, they think it's God. They're accessing fallen angels, but they give them some power. They have a little bit of power. So they think they're accessing the the one true God, right? Even though they're not. But guess what? They're connecting in the spirit. Most Christians aren't. So they generally, a lot of times, have more, if you will, power or spiritual connection than a good old Southern Christian, and they're really not scared of the church, because by and large, most church people are asleep and have no idea they're operating. (laughs) No idea that we are called to block that stuff, that our war, according to the Bible itself, is a spiritual one, and we're not even supposed to be at war with the people. It's the spirits behind them. Are you praying against Vladimir Putin or are you praying against the spirit behind him? If you're praying against a man, it's worthless. It's almost worthless. But if you're blinding the spirit of war that's behind whoever's really doing this, let me tell you, you're working. You're working. You've got a kingdom mentality. And you know what? You're doing spiritual work. That makes sense. It's true, though, isn't it? You know it to be true. Yeah. Build yourself up in your most holy faith. Here's the thing, Christians. Christians, fasting's good, but it's not the way given that'll automatically turbocharge your faith. It's not. And I'm going to tell you, you should stay in the Word of God. But the Word of God is not the thing that will automatically turbocharge your faith and help you access the spirit realm and hear from God. You know what it is? Jude tells you right there, pray in the Holy Spirit to build yourself up, to turbocharge your faith, beloved. Build yourself up praying in tongues. Access the Spirit. What did we say? All nine of those gifts that were given that are spiritual, only two are new in the New Testament. Tongues and the interpretation of. So how do you think praying would super... Praying in the Spirit would be the thing that supercharges the faith of the Christian. Here's the thing. It takes faith to pray in Spirit. Your flesh the whole time is going, this is ridiculous. You're not even speaking in English. I don't know what this means. How is this helping us? Your flesh is blocking you from accessing, but you've been told by the pen, amen, of God that that is the way to build yourself up and supercharge your faith in 2022. Now, you've had a testimony given to you that just two weeks ago... Somebody's a tremendous pain was instantly, for the most part, you know, within five minutes, sent packing. You don't need, you got a testimony and you've got the word. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't require any more than that to step out and begin to be spiritual and to hear the truth of what we're called to. Amen? I'm just suggesting that. I'm telling you, 2022 is going to be probably a year where there's more division between those who aren't believers and those who are. And some of those that have been riding in the middle for years, guys, they're going with the aren'ts. This thing's beginning to divide. And I'm going to tell you, the ones who are truly in Christ and truly believing in spiritual things, they're going to begin to have great exploits happening in their midst. I mean, you know. And the ones who aren't spiritual, they can grind their bones praying the old way. And I I just can't, there's no evidence they're going to be getting answers and that they're going to be receiving the things of God because we've had 2,000 years now for the church to become spiritual. I mean, how long do we think we can keep saying, yeah, Jesus, we know what you said, but we like it our way. I hear you. I hear you, Lord. But, uh, you know, I kind of like it my way. The Bible says that if you continue, He will give you over to your way. It does. It says at least twice. If you continue in your own way, hearing the Word and knowing the Word and hearing the testimonies, I mean, think about Israel, folks. He finally gave them over. They had seen spiritual miracles. And they finally just, you know, he finally just said, look, I'm just, I've been, I've been showing myself to you people and you just, you just, you're not spiritual. Remember what he said? They didn't mix it with faith. But the ones that do, they get their pain relieved. They have blessing. Uh, And by the way, I don't want to say God blesses you. So I hear people say all the time, well, if you want to get, you know, for God to bless you in that way, God's already blessed you. The Lord's already blessed you. He's already released His blessing through Jesus Christ. Amen? If, if, If there's something happening, I need to see. I need to audit my end because His end is in the pipe ready to flow, right? My end is, you know, amen? Amen. So, and by the way, the, the blessing is fully spiritual. Now, it'll manifest in the natural, just like it always has throughout history, biblical history. Healing always started in heaven, it always was a kingdom of heaven thing, even in the Old Testament. But what happens with those spiritual things is they manifest. By the way, your sickness was a spiritual thing, it was just on the other side, the evil side, but it was manifest in the spirit. And then, I mean, spoken in the Spirit, and then it manifests in your body. Amen? There's a realm that we need to begin to understand because we can't see it. Although, guess what? It, It is interesting that all the spiritual gifts help us connect with the spiritual realm. You can't see it, but you can get a word of wisdom. You may not know what to do, but you get a word of knowledge. You may not know the future because you can't see it because you can't see in the Spirit, but someone can prophesy. Can you hear me? These things are given for the church for these days. Raising the dead. All those kind of things are given to the church for these days. These days. Amen? Isn't that something? Tongues and interpretation given to the church for these days. If the church doesn't use them, wouldn't that be a shame? It would be such a shame. Love you guys. Is anybody feeling any pain or anything? If you are right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we declare pain and sickness. You're under our feet through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Father has dealt with you through Jesus Christ. You're illegal. If you're in my body or in anybody else's body, we call you out in the name of Jesus Christ. We command you be gone in the name of Jesus. We command you be gone in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, be gone. Pain and sickness, be gone. Lack of provision. If you're in this fellowship, it's because of lack of knowledge. Therefore, we accept that Jesus Christ has blessed us with provision right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, provision to live and be blessed is ours. Provision to live and be blessed is ours. In the name of Jesus Christ, we reclaim it and we say, lack be gone. We don't receive lack in the name of Jesus Christ. We will not. We will not receive lack in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, our families... Or protected. Amen. Ministering spirits, holy elect angels, we send you now to surround our families by the name of Jesus Christ. By the name of Jesus Christ, surround and protect our families. Deliver us to the place we have to go in Jesus' name. Father, we praise you. Just pray in the spirit with me. Father, I thank you that you are fixing things according to your will. That you are repairing things. That holes in the wall are being repaired. Holes in the walls of our spiritual life are being repaired. Father, Shanta I thank you for restoration of of mothers and fathers to children, that there's that connection now. Thank you, Father, that we can communicate. Thank you, Father, without yelling in Jesus' name. God, we just thank you that um, where we had thought we might need to go towards uh, in terms of, of spirit, in terms of Uh, Being a believer, that we might need to go towards intellectual things. We've realized that spiritual things um, that seem like foolishness, perhaps, are the things given, Father. And we just thank you for that. We receive that now in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, I thank you that all things that you've spoken about each and every life in this room remain true. They remain true, and nothing's lost in the name of Jesus Christ. We just declare it that nothing is lost. In Jesus Christ. And we, we, we declare that in the implementation of our time, the blessing flows in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, we believe. We believe these things. Father, we just bind the spirit of war in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we just send forth the holy elect angels to surround your people, Father, especially your people in Ukraine and even the Russian forces, Lord, that belong to you. Father, that they would be protected and surrounded in the name of Jesus Christ. And we join the prayer of both both nations and all those nations around there this morning, Father, as they pray. Praying for peace. In the name of the King of kings and Lord of lords, Jesus Christ. Amen.